Welcome to season four of Knowledge Cast by Ideals. We are excited about this season's guest, and you can learn more about our guests in this new season and previous seasons at jatwwilliams.com/podcast. Did you know Jat is an author too? You can learn more from Jat through his book called The Question: A Guide to Answering Life's Most Important Question, as he shares his personal journey that began in 1993 to determine the values, principles, and beliefs that would guide all aspects of his life. You can learn more about the question on Jat's website too at jatwwilliams.com. Now let's listen to an all new episode of Knowledge Cast by Ideals. Well, welcome to this edition of Knowledge Cast by Ideals. It's great to have you uh, joining us. Uh, we're going to change our format today and we're not going to have a guest with us to interview. We're going to close out our fourth season with a discussion on a topic that I think all of us can improve on. And that topic is communication. You know, everybody's got an opinion on things. And today I'm going to share what I'm going to refer to as my opinion of one on this topic of communication. I personally believe there's, you know, two critical traits that leaders must have. And those two are the courage to face reality and act on it. And the second is to be an effective communicator. Uh, these are also extremely critical in any type of relationship, whether it be personal or organizationally. Today, we're going to focus on the communication piece, and we'll save reality for another podcast. And I'm also I'm going to talk about it from the perspective of being a leader. You know, it could be a leader of an organization, a team, a community club, a school club, or family. It doesn't matter. Leadership is leadership, and communication is communication. Uh, George Bernard Shaw lived nearly 100 years ago, and he said the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. And I hate to disappoint Mr. Shaw, but we really haven't made a whole lot of progress since he made that quote, have we? You know, most people associate communication with speaking, but there, there are two components. First is kind of the combination of listening or understanding. And second is communicating, whether that be written or, or oral. You know, there's an old saying that God designed us well by giving us two ears to listen and one mouth to speak. So I don't want to go against the Lord's math. So let's start with listening. Let's begin with the fact that there are three types of listening. There's listening to understand that, you know, that's um, listening to Let's begin with the fact that there are three types of listening. There's listening to understand. There's listening to wait till someone finishes so you can say what you want to say. And then there's listening to rebut. Now, listening to understand, that's the gold standard of listening. You know, in that example, you know, a listener is, is really focused on understanding everything that the other person is sharing. Unfortunately, this may probably be the least used form of listening by most people. Listening to just wait till you get through to the other person who gets through is a pretty common form of what I call non-listening. You're just biding your time not listening because you feel what you have to say is more important than what they're saying. And then listening to rebut may actually start off as listening to understand, but then you hear something that you disagree with and you start mentally preparing how you want to rebut their statement and you just totally tune out uh, everything that the other person is saying. 
And sometimes when you do this, the speaker may actually might, they might make a clarifying statement, which had you been listening, you might actually not disagree with them anymore. So I want to share five things that I personally think can improve a person's listening skill. First of all, you got to start with an open mind. Now, I know some people just never seem to have much value to share, or they just think different than us. And you just really don't want to give them a whole lot of chance when they're talking. The key is you need to just not worry about their previous track record and give them a chance. Start with an open mind. Second, give the person your full attention. My guess is you've been in a situation where you knew someone wasn't listening. And think back about how that made you feel. Well, when you're about to do the same, remember that feeling. I've got a pet peeve when I'm talking to somebody on the phone and I can hear them working the keyboard in the background. And sometimes I'll just pause and they'll say, no, go ahead, I'm listening. And I say, no, I'll just wait till you finish what you're doing that you think is more important than what I've got to say. That normally will get their attention. Third, listen with your eyes. I used to be a senior executive with National Linen and Uniform Service. And I think if you talk to people that worked with me at that time, I think I would get high marks for listening because uh, I really took a lot of pride in it. But I don't know what happens when I would come home. Another story would happen altogether. Uh, you know, my wife would talk to me and I I know she's talking because I can see her mouth moving, but I'm not paying attention to her. I am not listening to her. And that's very dis, you know, disrespectful and irritating. And uh, and she would remind me of that. So now when I catch myself doing that, I kind of do a T sign like timeout. I get up and I walk and I get right in front of her. And I say, listen, I apologize uh, for not listening. Uh, I'd like to uh, make sure I understand exactly what you're saying. And I look at her eyes to eyes. And I'll tell you, it's hard when you're face to face with someone not to listen. So if you have trouble with your mind wandering when somebody's talking to you at home or whatever, just get face to face. And I don't mean uncomfortably close, but just get in a comfortable space and show them the respect by looking at them face to face. Fourth, Ask questions if you aren't clear about what a person said. You know, some people thinking think that asking questions is a sign of weakness, that you didn't get it right the first time. Trust me, it's always better to ask questions on the front end for clarity than to have to explain later why you did the wrong thing. And finally, share back what, uh, what you think you just heard to be sure that it's accurate. For example, you know, you say, John, what you want me to do is blank, whatever. The person that you're speaking with isn't going to be offended if you ask for clarity or repeat back what they just said to them. That's actually showing a sign of respect for the value that you associate with what they just said. So I will tell you, rule of thumb, if you want to have a lot of friends, be known as a great listener. Why? Because people love to talk and they appreciate someone uh, who's willing to listen to them. Now, we could get into some other aspects of improving your listening skills, but if you'll just focus on those few things, you're going to be significantly more effective as a listener, and I will promise you it will pay off. All right, let's now move to the speaking aspect of communication. I'm going to focus more in the area of communicating as a leader to a group of people. 
And I want to look at this today from a leadership perspective. I'm not going to spend time on things like enunciation and appropriate volume and voice inflection, but more on how to communicate to a group of people that you're working with. Now, remember this, from a speaker standpoint, always take the position that it's your responsibility as the person speaking to make sure your message is properly understood. Don't blame it on the listener. Let's start with this fact. When people are left in the dark, they don't usually think positive thoughts. Think about when you felt like you had been left out of the loop on something. How'd you feel? Were you thrilled that they didn't share that information with you? I doubt that was the case. Of course you weren't. And you start thinking of all the possible reasons why they didn't share it with you. And you quickly begin to focus on negative ones. So because of that, when you're communicating to more than one person, Always ask yourself this question, who could be affected by this information? It's a really important question. Then get them in what I call the communication circle early, because if they're going to be affected, you can rest assured they're going to eventually get in that loop. And I can assure you, the later that they are brought in, the more ticked off they're going to be about getting in so late. Uh, I've got the license rights to the movie Apollo 13. It's a great movie to use for leadership with businesses. And there's a scene uh, in there where Jim Lovell, played by Tom Hanks, is in a hangar. And he's explaining to Ken Mattingly, played by Gary Sinise, why he is not going on the mission at the very last minute right before takeoff. Because he's been exposed, meaning uh, Ken Mattingly had been exposed to the measles. And the backup crew, a member, had gotten the measles. So they were worried that um, uh, Mattingly might get the measles while he's on the mission. And Fred Hayes, the other member of the crew, is also sitting in the hangar with him. Well, the question is, why is Fred Hayes there? Well, here's why. If he wasn't present and sitting right there to hear what was said, how many versions of that conversation do you think he might have heard? He would have heard Lovell's version. And he would have heard Mattingly's version. And he wouldn't have known which one was accurate because you can rest assured they probably have a little twist to them. So in other words, we should over communicate to keep people informed and anybody that could be affected, bring them into the loop. Here's a little uh, tip that's related to communication, a little off the subject. But when you're working in an organization with several layers of structure, it's a good rule of thumb to pass negatives up and positives down. Point is, as a leader and as a communicator, you need to be positive when you're communicating to the people that you're leading. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't provide constructive you know, criticism or instruction, but be positive. Be focused on delivering the message with a positive perspective. I had a boss one day that came back from a meeting with his bosses and said with a little smirk on his face, you know, the guys upstairs have come out with another flavor of the month initiative. I don't understand why they think this is going to work. Y'all just keep your head down, keep doing what you're doing, and this too shall pass. Well, you can imagine how bought in we were to that new directive. Now, on the other hand, when you are the bearer of bad news or you've got negative news, Make sure you pass that negative information upward to your boss. Good rule of thumb, 
Don't ever let your boss get surprised. I know, I know there've been multiple examples of don't shoot the messenger victims, but that said, it's still the right thing to do. One other quick point that applies to both listening and communicating as a leader, it, it relates to when someone approaches you and makes a comment that as the old comedian Bill Engvall used to say, here's your sign to hold, it reads, I'm stupid. You know, we've all been involved in a situation where somebody shared an idea or thought when you just wanted to say, what in the world is this person thinking? Well, if you actually said that, it's not probably going to be the start of a healthy dialogue. But here's something I like to do when I get hit with something crazy. I simply say, well, that's interesting. Now, that doesn't mean I agree with what, you know, ever that was said. I'm really just trying to kind of buy some time so I can cold, hold off saying what I'd really like to say. It's kind of like counting to 10 to calm down. And then after saying that's interesting, then follow that with this. Help me understand why you feel that way. This actually accomplishes a couple of things. If you don't make that request, help me understand why you feel that way, you're probably going to jump to some conclusion on why that person has that opinion or thinks that way or, or made that stupid statement. And you got a 50% chance at best of being right. Well, that's not a good winning percentage as it relates to communication. But by asking, help me understand why you uh, feel that way, you accomplish one of two things and both of which turn out to be good. First, as the person begins to tell you truthfully why they said what they said or did what they did, and now at least you can find out the backstory or the thought process that's leading up to that statement or that action. And then you know at least where they're coming from and you can address it. The other thing that can happen is the person starts explaining why they feel that way or why they acted that way. And all of a sudden they realize, well, this is pretty stupid. This doesn't make any sense at all. And you don't even have to address the comment. They take care of it themselves. So either way works. Now, Time for a little true confession for old Jack Williams here. If someone listening to this podcast has been with me and in our conversation, I responded with, well, that's interesting. Help me understand why you feel that way. Now you really know what I thought of your comments. All right. The last thing I want to share on communication relates to when a leader is trying to get his followers to buy into what he or she wants them to do. This is something that is absolutely critical anyone becoming an effective leader. You're not going to accomplish much if you're always fighting with your team to do what you need them to do. Now, the secret is that they need to get educated on the front end why they need to do this. And that's your role as a leader. And I call this uh, the five-step communication tree. First thing, tell them this is what we need to do. You got to be very specific in what you're asking them to do. People won't buy into something that's vague that they can't understand or what sometimes I call a wandering generality. So first of all, be very specific what you ask them to do. Second, this is tell them this is why it's important. This is why I'm asking you to do this. I'm not asking just because I can. This is why it's important to do whatever it is I'm asking. Third, and this is really important. Tell them this is what it's going to take. Now, you know, in terms of effort or time or whatever, and listen carefully um, because it's important that you grasp this. It's important as a leader or a communicator that you be honest 
and letting your team know exactly what type of effort, time, risk, et cetera, this, whatever it is you're asking is going to take. Don't sugarcoat it. Too often a leader will make it sound easier than it really is going to be. So the people will buy in. And they think that if, you know, the leader thinks that if they really truly honest about what it's going to take, you know, their team won't buy in. Well, here's what happens when you do that. If you mislead them in this particular area and they get into the project and they found out, man, this is a lot harder or it's going to take a lot more time than you told them, then you just lost credibility with your team. And once that happened, it's really hard to get it back. I learned this story when I was a 10, 11 year old and uh, my dad wanted to have bonding time with me on Saturday, uh, on Saturdays. and. Uh, I don't know what you thought bonding time meant, but I can tell you as a 10 or 11 year old, bonding time to me was not yard work, but that's what he called bonding time. And so here I was a busy 10 or 11 year old with a lot of things to do on Saturday. And my first question I, was, I would always ask dad is how long is it going to take? I want to plan my day. And he'd always say, it's only going to take a couple hours. Well, it never took a couple hours. It was always four or five hours. And it kind of, kind of, became a standing joke with us, but it was a joke from a family standpoint. But if you do that when you're working with people and you mislead them, you've got a real problem on your hands. The fourth step is you tell them this is how it benefits the team, the organization, the client, the customer, and how it benefits them, how it benefits you, the group that you're talking to. If you're asking them to do this, there's got to be a reason for it. And these are the the three parties that it normally affects or will benefit, or most of the time, it's usually a combination of these parties that it benefits. So here it is. This is what we need to accomplish. This is what we need to do. Number two, this is why it's important. Three, this is what it's going to take. Four, this is how it benefits you, the company, or the customer. Now, if you can't make those four statements in a clear fashion, then stop the presses. Don't go any further. The people that you are asking to carry out your request deserve to know those four things before they start. Well, why do they deserve to know it? Here's why, because they're actually already thinking about it. Great leaders and great communicators, when they're given instructions, they ask themselves, if I were on the receiving end of this message, what question would I have? What questions you know, would be popping into my mind? And then that leader, needs to make sure that you include the, those answers to those questions in your messaging. Now, after you've gone through these four steps, there's one more key step. You ask them, are there any questions? Did I miss anything? You do this, obviously, to see if they're totally clear. And if they're not, what do you need to repeat? But, you know, this is why this is important, other than the obvious that I just stated. After you've given them the opportunity to ask questions or acknowledge that they understood, then and only then can you start to hold them accountable. Too often, leaders will tell their team, this is what they need to do, and then immediately start trying to hold them accountable without taking the time to go through those five steps that are so critical in getting their buy-in. One last thing before we leave this topic on communication. It's a little thing, but it can and be a big thing if you find yourself doing this on a regular basis. I don't know about you, but sometimes I catch myself thinking about a subject. And then after I've been doing this thinking and spending some time on it, 
I'll make a statement to someone related to what I've just been thinking about. And but I forget that this person is hearing my comment for the first time. You know, they hadn't been along with me, you know, during that thinking process leading up to me sharing my thought. And when this happens, it's easy to get frustrated sometimes because we don't understand why they don't just immediately grasp, you know, what you said and understand why you said it. Well, they don't because they hadn't done all the preliminary thinking that you had just gone through. So it's important if that's something you find yourself doing um, to remind yourself when you do that, that they just haven't had the privilege of going through the analysis that you did before you shared your comment. All right. I hope that this was helpful in both uh, becoming a more effective listener and becoming more effective when you are communicating with a group of people who you're working with on some type of project. It doesn't make a difference whether it's a work project, a school project, a community or a family project. If we do a better job in both of these two areas, maybe just maybe in the next hundred years, people no longer will go have to go back and refer to George Bernard Shaw's statement about communication. Well, this session is our last podcast for our fourth season. Hope you enjoyed getting to meet the great guests that we had this season. We've got another great slate of people that we want to introduce you to in our fifth season, which will begin in September. Thanks again for being with us today and for this season. And as always, I hope you'll focus your efforts on being a positive impact in the lives of others.